So Cyrus, we just jump in. Welcome to Doing It My Way, podcast celebrating successful entrepreneurs. Um, tonight, our guest is Cyrus Bazorgi, uh, a successful auto financier. Financier? Is that how you pronounce it? Or is uh, that- I don't think it's French. Okay. Uh, well, welcome to the pod, Cyrus. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Welcome. Where were you born? I was born in uh, Iraq, Tehran, Iran. And uh, early 70s. Early 70s. So that is yeah. the Shah days? A, yes. The Shah days. The Shah days, I believe. Yes. And um, when, did you, when did you come to the States? I believe we came here middle middle of 1978 my my parent my dad was already outside of Iran he was uh he was working yeah you know he had a company that uh, he was working in Japan and uh places in Tokyo he had relationships with uh so Japanese. You, you were just you were just a kinder, you were a kid. Yeah, five, I, I think five. I was seven years old when we came okay. here. Okay. Do you have memories of Iran? A little bit, not not too much, but I, I what I do recall was uh, uh, the f- when we were leaving. I was small, but when we were leaving, when the riots were starting mm-hmm. and and it was building up, but we left to come on vacation. My uncle was living in Ohio. He was a um, surgeon in Ohio that he came he came here back in the 50s or 60s and uh, we came here to visit him and uh, uh, several months before the really bad uh, I guess revolution started right and we were chilling you know and within a month or so um, you know my parents decided that it was, you know, we weren't going back. So this was. Uh, oh, so you guys came for an extended period visit yeah. in Ohio. Yeah. This was probably your dad's way of, of, of not knowing he wasn't going back. Yeah, yeah, he he basically wasn't going back. But this was before everyone left. It was maybe I think about six months, five or six months before uh, the Shah was exiled and. The new um, the what is it, Muslim Muslim extremists came and took over the country, but yeah, it was it was way before the major revolution started. Yeah, the, the Shah had some unbelievable cars. He did. Yeah. I actually, I, I, I went to the P- Peterson Museum. You know who took me there was uh, I'm part of this uh, group, and I went there with Parnelli Jones. Uh, is that the Checkered Club? Or checkered flag? No. No. Oh, eleven ninety nine. Yeah. Oh. Bruce. Bruce is a yeah, Bruce Myers. Bruce is a big oh, Bruce. Yeah. 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 I went with Bruce, and he brought Parnelli Jones. Wow. And he, they took us into the vault, and Parnelli had a bunch of cars there. He was showing uh, all the race cars he had. I think that was like his garage there that he right, parked. Right. Bunch of he's, cars. he's smart. He says, oh, <laughs> uh, "You can put them on display, and it's like free parking." <laughs> yeah, I'm well sure, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we saw the Shah of Iran's car. And you know, the funny thing is when we went there, it was like a month or two that they got Saddam Hussein's uh, stretched uh, Mercedes, the Pullman. 
they just had it there, and they were telling us, don't say anything. <laughs> this is, uh, we just had it smuggled from uh, Baghdad. Wow. It was, it was a long time ago. They said they smuggled it from Baghdad to Turkey or something, and then they shipped it from Turkey to here. It was it was his actual limo. Wow! It was. They have some amazing cars. That's there. unbelievable. Oh, there's some crazy yeah. cars. I just did a not a deep dive on the Shaw's cars, but we had a car that the Shaw owned at one time. So I was digging into some of his cars, and there's a there's a museum in Iran. In Iran, yeah, I saw that that has a bunch of his cars and they're there forever. Yeah. Like they're never being released. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A they, bunch of his cars. Yeah. I mean, they're, he had really good taste in cars. He, I mean, they gifted, most of them was gifted to him by manufacturers and, and the G wagon is one of the cars that I guess Mercedes built for his, uh, military. So if you see a lot of G wagons, most probably there's a Persian that owns that car because they <laughs> yeah. feel some kind of love yeah, for yeah, that yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. Did did you when you when you got here, Cleveland? Where Cleveland, Ohio? Uh, Dayton. 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 Uh, so oh. you get to Dayton. You're living. Are you staying with your uncle? We were living. Well, we came there. We were, we were staying with him, and then uh, we stayed there a little bit, um, maybe a few months. I think I don't, I don't remember too much. And then from there, you know, then when all the Iranians started coming, my, mm-hmm. my uh, parents' family and all that, they all went all over. A lot of them went to Los Angeles, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we lived in Washington and, and Olympia for maybe about a year or so. What, okay. was, what was your dad doing? My dad was in, um, he had an electrical manufacturing um he was a he was a distributor for uh, circuit breakers, like the big uh, circuit breakers that were, was he able to retain his business or no. did he lose it? No, he lost it. Yeah. And then he started over in the states. He started from zero again from the states. He, you know, for for, for maybe about a year or so, he wasn't working because he didn't. You know, everybody at that time didn't believe that this was happening. Right? They thought, oh well. It's just a temporary thing. Yeah, don't don't get too rooted here. You're yeah, going back. Exactly. <laughs> Some of them are still like that. But, um, but yeah, after a year or so, when I guess he figured out that this was it, um, he met somebody, and and you know he uh, a, a friend of his that was a stockbroker. He, he spoke English. Oh yeah, he, he yeah he was he was an international business yeah, person. Yeah. He was going everywhere. He has a little accent, but, you know, he speaks pretty well English. And did you guys speak English? I did not, no. I learned it... Uh, in Dayton? Uh, in Dayton, <laughs> Ohio, being the only... Uh, the only Persian kid in Persian Dayton? Persian kid in Dayton. Well, oh, yeah. I, I mean, my... my uh, in Ohio, they probably thought you were a black kid, right? Yeah, like, cause I guess. They're so white. You know, it, it was strange, because at that time, you know, you're young, and... You know, I don't, you don't know anything. Isn't it, you don't know. Isn't, isn't it you don't great? Know anything. It, little it's, kids, uh, the mindset of little kids, they don't care. Nope. Nobody knows. No. I remember my mom always saying, we were, we were so poor, but they didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because it wasn't a thing. It's, it's, yeah, you like, didn't know. <laughs> we, 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 we tell everybody. We, and the problem with, 
us as adults is we have to categorize everyone and make make someone feel shitty or make you so oh, yo yeah. yeah you're 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 a you're a poor kid or you're a dark kid or you're mm-hmm. this kid man we suck i well i mean i don't yeah it's it's i didn't experience anything bad uh, growing up you know from there we moved to uh, I Olympia. Think a couple years later, yeah, we were there for about a year. What, or so. what, what brought you to Olympia? Do you remember? I think it was just you know at that time my dad was confused. Mm-hmm. So if if an old friend of his said come here, you know we'll find you something or we'll get you you know settled and it's more better. I mean you know and it was the old Persian network, right? The Persian community Persian, was taking care of, of. Yeah, I mean it was, you know I. I we weren't poor, but we weren't, you know, we didn't right. have money. Right. So it was, I don't understand what my father went through. I mean, I, I can't imagine the stress mm. of having two kids, two young kids, a wife, and suddenly being thrown in a foreign country and say, go deal with yeah, it yourself. figure it out. Figure it out. I mean, th- <laughs> this guy is honestly, I'm at awe of him all the time I talk to him because I, I don't know how you can add. 30 some years old dude not knowing not knowing snap where, where the next dollar's coming from yeah i mean yeah. And you have got to be scary and, as hell which i can see that i can see some people going through that here but still you know the people that you know the disadvantaged people of course they're going to be disadvantaged but some people that have opportunities that don't take these opportunities and don't turn them into something mm-hmm. fruitful, I, I get upset at them. Sure. I said, you know, there's people that come here all the time, and this is really, truly the land of opportunities. I mean, there's no other country that you can start from zero, have no skill, have nothing, and really, if you really want it and work very hard and sacrifice, you know, you could get something. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? I always hear about different immigrants and I don't care where they're from that leave their countries and they, their countries could be, they could be comfortable in their country financially or, or, or comfortable, but shit goes down. They leave for whatever reason. They come here. Usually they gave up everything they spent decades building. They come here because it's here Mm -hmm. and almost always Given time, they get they they're good again, and sometimes better, and not always. No. But that's the the power of here. I, I don't I don't know if I personally don't believe these the few years you could do that. Just you know, I'm not being political or anything, but I think you know it's more difficult right now to come here and rebuild yourself. It's not what it was, you know, five, well, 10, 20, but guess, years. but guess what? Re, uh, I agree with you hundred percent, but rewind to 1977 and ask your dad that. Yeah. No, uh, true. They, true. People were probably saying this is not, yeah. this is a, a shitty environment. We got, we got, uh, we got Carter, we got exactly. 30% interest rates. We, this mm-hmm. is a, sh- you're not going to, you're not going to make it here. You know, there's always another era where there we're everyone's actually, everyone's telling you you're going to fail. We're almost back to that Carter. Era. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, hey, I would actually take Carter right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. Did did where where did you guys go from Olympia? 
from Olympia. We came to Los Angeles. Okay. How old were you then? I remember it was 1981, I think, that we got to Los Angeles. And uh, that's when my dad uh, met a friend and he became a stockbroker. He started working at a brokerage firm. And he, he's a very smart and talented person. He's really good with numbers. He was an electrical engineer back in his play uh, back in Iran. And, you know, he's, he's pretty well educated and smart. Um, but I think at 81, 80, that's when it popped. And he's, you know, he became a broker, got his license. And then within a few years, he started his own firm, a brokerage firm. And uh, I guess that's when it started mm -hmm. uh, for him, where his life turned around and he started, you know. Less than 10 years. Yeah. He's already, again, on the track. Without any help. I mean, right? zero yeah. help. Where, where, where in L.A. were you? We were in West L.A. in um, Santa Monica area. Santa Monica, Brentwood, around Bundy and uh, yeah. Wilshire. The, the, uh, the site, huh? Bundy, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> where'd, you go to, where'd you go to elementary? You remember elementary? I went to, well, I went to two elementary. I, it was when we had little money, I went to public. Mm -hmm. I kind of can't remember what it was called. It was called Wellesley? No, it was called uh, somewhere in West LA by, uh, it was elementary. I was there only for a few years. And mm -hmm. then after that, when my dad started doing well, uh, went to a private school in Brentwood called Bonner. Bonner School, something like that. Oh, is that Bonner Canyon? But, no, is, not, is that not Bonner. Bonner. Oh, Bonner. Bo Bonner. It's not there anymore, actually. It was an old, mm. they had maybe about 100 or so elementary kids. It was a very small little uh, private school. I was a bad kid when I was young. So, they, so they yeah, had, I was going to ask you, yeah. you a good student? No, I was not. Well, I was not a good student. I was not a, I was always in trouble. I, I, I always in, I don't know why. I what just, they, what you, was it like you just couldn't pay attention or like the, oh, you, yeah. you'd be diagnosed today, right? You had like ADHD ADHD oh, I have, or. I literally have OCD, yeah, ADHD, yeah, yeah. ADHD. Yeah, but in the 80s, in no, the it was 80s, called detention. In the attention 80s, right. In the <laughs> 80s, it was called detention when we were in the 80s, right? right. In oh, the 80s, I, this, was, I was the head uh, counselor in detention. <laughs> <laughs> that was the kid that, was the, kid that you, the, the teacher wanted to slap, and they yep. put him in detention. Oh, my and God. That was the kid. And now he's here on our podcast. Well, right. And, right. And <laughs> For our millions of listeners. That same kid, now we, we want to medicate. Mm-hmm. Right, I, and that, know, that kid back then, true. what we call that kid then, what we call him now is a CEO. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But but now we want to kind of take the life force out of him mm -hmm. uh, just because it's easy. I think, you know, it, it's, um, I've always had a problem with uh, uh, attention. Mm. I, I have a very short attention span. Not isn't that a good is that a good quality though to to be an entrepreneur? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I think I think a lot of my friends that are entrepreneurs are similar. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I, it's it's strange. It's, maybe it's a must. Well, definitely in the car business. 
you know, because I, 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 I've been in the car business for a long time. And, you know, you, you just have to go on to the next deal and move on. You know, you don't yep. want to you don't want to sit too long with you the customer. No dwelling. <laughs> yeah. Quick. Close the deal. Close the deal and move on. So, so. Did you play sports or anything in elementary? Were you were you doing anything? Elementary? No, yeah. I didn't play sports. Uh, in high school, I was in the track. Where'd you go to high school? Many high schools. Okay. <laughs> were you guys moving because of or? No, no, no. My parents didn't move from. Oh, uh, you just got kicked out of high schools. A, a few. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Congratulations. You. Join the club. It's a nice club. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find a comfortable place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I got, I didn't get kicked out officially, but I was a troubled child. And, um, but is this trouble like beating kids up and no, starting fires? No, I was just, no, no, I never got into drugs. I never got into fights or anything like that. It was just, I was mischievous. I mean, I was a jokester. Talking. Talking. I yeah. wouldn't pay attention to yeah. the teachers. I would always, you know, a smarty pants or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, if a teacher said something that I didn't believe was true, you would challenge her. I would challenge her. Shouldn't yeah. shouldn't you? Yeah, you called right. restless, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, I like how about how about when a teacher could speak incorrectly and we weren't allowed or not allowed or not empowered to challenge them? Mm. Yeah, like that's messed I mean, up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I it, and it. Fifteen, you were right for sure. I don't know, I was right, but I was very confident. I was right, you would be, well, be confident. And how about some some nice debate? Right? Debate's good. You you couldn't do that if you had a if no, you had a nun as really a teacher, good, you're going to get backhanded. In debate class, I was really good, and I, I, I you know, I, I have a difficulty of not winning. That's my problem. Yeah, um, I, I would not call that a problem. <laughs> Yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe it's it's the competitiveness. I'm a very quiet person. You know, I'm very low key, quiet. But if if something is interesting or something is engaging, I'll get involved and I'll won't stop. If something is interesting to me. So in in high school or junior high, what yeah. what interested you? Cars. 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 That was it. Like that's the that's the big memory. Oh yeah, I mean I all the friends I had, we were into cars, and I know a lot about cars. What Maybe. kind of what kind of cars? Like, what was your first car? My first, well, I didn't, you know, my first car was a Volkswagen GTI 16 valve. Oh yeah, Ooh, cool. nice, very cool. That was yeah. the shit, and that's yeah. that's what 1988, 1986 and a half. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, when they came out with the 16V. Yeah. 16V oh, okay. right? was... Prior, prior to that, you were eight, eight yeah. valves, and you weren't that. No, that was the <laughs> shit. Well, yeah. did, you, did you have, in high school, did you work? I worked from 14. So what did you? What was your first job? My first job was I worked for my dad's friend. He had a little restaurant in, in uh, Santa Monica, and he was, I think he's still alive. He could be passed away. He was a really nice guy. I learned a lot from him, but he was a dick. <laughs> oh, and what was the restaurant? It it was a small little cafe, and he had this restaurant. He had his daughter working there. Really sweet girl. She was my age too, and 
I couldn't, you know, I, I'm not, I was never the kid that could sit still, mm-hmm. like stand behind the counter and, and make sandwiches and stuff. I couldn't do that. So he gave me a job. He went, <laughs> he went and, uh, uh, printed 20,000 of these flyers, like coupons. Mm-hmm. And for three months I went and passed out 20,000 coupons to all the residents in Santa Monica. Wow. And it took me literally three months to do it because I would go one by one and fold it. You put it in in their mailbox or? I would put it in the door because in Santa Monica, I can't remember if they had mailboxes because it was a communal. There was a lot of them were apartments. No, but you put it on the door handle. So just like a Chinese menu, you grab it when you get home. Put it in between their... uh, screens that was uh social marketing or social media back in the day and it it worked i mean they had a whole bunch of people come and and i love selling i would i I could sit there and sell something to someone but i can't sit there and make something right it's just a weird thing but i can talk to someone for hours on a car or or product or phone and i can you know I'm, i'm i'm a decent salesperson um which I, I met your wife. You're a good salesperson, a yes. great salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was your, what was, what other jobs did you have in, in high school? You did that for a little bit and then 16. I was mostly sales. After that, I, after that, I worked for a clothing store. I can't remember what it was selling men's clothing. Shit, that's a tough job. It is a tough job. That's a tough friggin' job. Um, like you were a kid selling men's clothing. Fashion, yeah, like older. I, I, I think I was like 16. In, in West L.A.? At the mall, Santa Monica Mall. Did, so you guys lived in Santa Monica proper? So, so a mature professional would come in and talk to a 16-year-old about clothes. They were, yeah, they were younger <laughs> people. I always looked older. And I acted more mature than I was. Now I act like a kid, but. <laughs> my, my, my buddy moved to Florida with me in 88 when I went to college. And he w- just needed a job. So he got a job at the mall at this men's clothing store. And it was like a fine clothing store. And they hired this sloppy Pennsylvania kid uh, <laughs> to, to, to help. And literally like the first couple days he was stocking shelves and they're like, do this, do that. And then a a guy came in and said, "Uh, yeah, I'd like to look at some suits. And he said, oh, let me show you to the portly section. (laughs) And then his manager grabs him and says, we don't call it that in front of the customers. We call it, we call it that internally. (laughs) I I think he, I think that job lasted a week. (laughs) The portly section. Well, I mean, yeah, there were mostly sales. I mean, I did that, and then I can't remember what else I did. Did you know in high school you're like, hey, I'm not going to college, or did you did you work to go to college? No, I think it was it was something that I had to do. Your, your think, dad, your family was like, yeah. I mean, the you know, you need to go to university. Were your were your parents like hardcore like? Uh, uh, I'll I'll say hardcore Persians just because I know. No, no, they're very not like Persian. you have you have to be a doctor and you have to go to school no. and you got to do this and you got to do that. No. And we are upstanding families and or no, was it? I don't, I don't oh, think uh, my parents were really really 
I mean, I, I've married outside of the Persian, you know, wife. My wife is. Yeah, you'll, you'll never be French. French. Yeah, my, my wife is French and my mom loves her to death. And, nice. And, uh, no, I think, you know, our family, my uncle married an American woman. Is that uh, the Ohio guy? Ohio guy, he, the doctor there. And, uh, so you guys yeah. are progressive Persians. We are progressive, definitely. Not liberal, but <laughs> progressive. Right, not like old, yeah, old school. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, we're not, the thing is, we're not religious, we're not Muslim, we're not Jewish, uh, you know, our, our, we're not even religious. We, yeah. You know, our, my family never really was a old, you know, the, even back in Iran, they were more progressive and mm -hmm. they... Um, were you guys in the West L.A. Persian community? Not really. Yeah. No, we, we came there because that was... Right, that was the, the little where, Italy of the but, time. Yeah, I mean, my father used his connections as a stockbroker to develop a company that became very large in the Persian community, managing a lot of the very wealthy Persian assets. So he did use his connection to do that, and, and he was very successful in the 80s, and he actually sold his company to, to uh, what was it called? Shearson Lehman. Mm. Yeah. Right before the 87 crash. Well-timed. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, he... So, so okay, uh, struggling, trying to figure out, 1980, starts bro uh, stock brokering or whatever, yeah. managing money in 81, and sells the company in before 87? 80, yeah, I think it was That was quite a ride. Yeah, I mean, he... he God bless the 80s. Mm -hmm. God bless the 80s, yeah. Reagan. Uh, Reagan. Reagan. You're Reagan's. welcome. Yes. <laughs> so he did that, and then from there... You know, at that point, I was, you know, I was going to school. I was fucking around. Is it okay if I... Yeah, oh, fuck okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we encourage it. you. We had it. <laughs> we encourage the F word. Um, you know, I was, I was figuring out because still, you know, I've only been in this country now six years, eight, seven years. You know, still it's kind of fresh to me as well. But, I, you know, I... I I developed myself and I blended into the culture. How how quick did you learn English and how hard was that? I don't remember. I don't ever wow. remember not knowing English. Wow, Isn't that wow the that's weird nuts. Thing? That, yeah, it's nuts. I would it's, think that'd be like a huge stumbling block to to at least be in a school and and make a friend. Yeah. I don't. You know, I was very social. I was always everywhere, and I never had a difficult time. Um, you know. I talk a lot. So, um, do you remember consciously thinking in like high school? Oh, I have to figure this out so I can have a life. Or, or was there any like? I don't. I I remember like high thinking, school. Okay, I yes, got to go to yes. college, but I don't know why. I didn't remember. I I never knew that there was a big picture. For some reason, I was just like this kid and and doing what I'm doing. But did you think like? Wait, I gotta do this so I can do this in the next ten years. In, or was there a was well, there a thought in process? High school, I started. My brain just clicked. So, high school, I fucked around. I barely got through. I got into 
uh, junior college. And in junior college, I met one of my best friends. Where'd you go? Santa Monica City? Santa Monica College. Um, I went there, and the first year, I met a lot of people. And actually, one of the person I met, uh, how old was I, 18, 19? One of the person I met was um, his father, very, very famous person back in the 60s, which uh, was involved in, uh, he was Algerian, and his father was one of the OG guys that overthrew the French government and took the country back. Wow. <laughs> so he was a pretty famous person, and they wrote, actually, he did. A, he wrote a book, and they did a movie, and he won a Cannes Cannes or a festival award back in sixty one, sixty two. Oh sure, Battle of Algiers. I didn't know all this. I didn't know who he was. He was just a regular guy, and right. he's in West LA. He's in West LA. We became <laughs> good friends and hanging out. And then later, I find out who he is, and we said, you know, let's let's fucking do a business. So we started a import-export business. I was in college, 19 years old, and I, I was the one kind of setting this up. I always wanted to be a business person because I saw my dad and I saw the struggles he went through and how he built himself and you know became very successful in a short period of time. So I always looked up to him. He was really my mentor. He still is. Um, and uh, I said, you know, I'm going to start this business. I had no fucking clue. <laughs> and what, right, what's the business? What, what's that mean? So Import, he, export. Import, export. So, yeah, not drugs. It's like, well, you know, it's like, it's a latex <laughs> company. It's like a Seinfeld, a Seinfeld uh, episode. So he had a lot of family members that were working for the government in different um, ministries. For example, he had a he had an uncle that was the head of the health ministry in in Algeria in Algeria, and then he had a cousin that was the head of. I mean, this guy was so it. fucking connected, so it's great, unbelievable, and everything was legal. I mean, it sure. was just no, nothing. They made the law. They made the law. <laughs> so no, and 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 I'm totally Algeria ignorant. Isn't isn't Algeria North Africa? I know exactly where it is and how yeah. freaking huge it is. And, and yeah. but isn't is it uh, 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 closed? Like, could I go to Algeria right yeah, now? Yeah, I can go there. It's free, free to travel. There. I've never been there. When I was, it's east of Morocco, right? It's east of Morocco. Yeah. Well, east of uh, yes, Morocco. Yeah. Yes. Is it uh, like because east, east of actually, New York? But you never it, hear of anyone saying, "Oh, I just vacationed in Algeria." No, it's not. I mean, it's well, got it, was, some it was pretty. It was pretty sketchy, right? Yeah, Algeria yeah. is pretty sketchy. I mean, it's it close was, to Libya. Is a lot it? of terrorists. <laughs> a lot, yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty a, sketchy. It's a well, breeding ground. Africa is is pretty scary. Big, and, yeah. and wasn't yeah. wasn't Algeria, There was a lot of Algerian uh, when when planes were first started to get hijacked. I think that was really yeah. I don't know. I made it up. There's no fact checker. No, but uh, I like maybe. if you know if uh, right if I, if it's foreign to me, I blame Algeria. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, okay, so what are you importing, exporting? We were well. It, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking awesome. <laughs> we were uh, both. I 
think, 19. And his cousins put an order, I can't remember, for fax machines. So this is is late 80s. So fax machine is, you know, revolutionary. That was it. It was game changer. 3,000 bucks, right? No, no, it wasn't that much. No, Cyrus, I remember, though, when I first started in the car business, filling out credit apps and faxing them to the bank. And then just waiting for the facts to come back with an approval yeah. or steps. Like, and I was the lender on the other side waiting every morning yeah. to get all the facts deals to me. And it was, a, you know, it was, a, it was like the dial up. So it would take a while. And, and I'm thinking you, you, you line busy. Yeah. Fuck. You want that little shitty piece of fax paper to come out and just say approved. And oh, well, yeah. When they first came out, I had a different paper, oh, it right? Was like, yeah. It, was yeah a, it had a sheen to it. Yeah. It's a credit card paper. <laughs> Yeah. So you so you're fa- you're importing ex- or exporting fax machines. So, yeah. You're buying so fax was, machines here. So well, my job was, uh, he his job was getting the getting the contracts from people. He wanted from, he needed to find people in Algeria to buy buy products. And you guys are buying. And fax my machines. job was do the research and try to find the product that we can make. Some kind of so this spread. is Xerox or Brothers or yeah yeah it was named brand because it was U.S. We, we they wanted U.S. products yeah. at that yeah. time. The uh, Algerians were were in conflict with Europe, especially France and other European countries. So they wanted to they weren't trading of, with them. They were, but they wanted to reduce it their dependency on European um, companies. So they wanted to use U.S. products, and you know, we basically. U.S. and and Asian also. Uh, So we, you know, I started contacting U.S. companies. Uh, We we, we did anything. I mean, we, at 19 years old, I think from 19 to 21, I was maybe 22. I was doing fax machines, dialysis machines. Uh, I did. And you're just buying them. Well, once you have a PO. We get a letter of credit from the buyers, which is basically guaranteed. Uh, I think they use like, you know, U.S. banks and all that. We would get a letter of credit and then we would have to go shop it. They basically tell you this is what I'm willing to pay with shipping, everything. So you have to go figure out how to buy it with shipping, everything, and make some spread on it. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, some deals would make nothing and then some other deals we would make you know, decent money. You ever lose your ass on an order? Like big time? Uh, with Pitney Bowes. I remember that. Ah, oh, those Pitney Bowes bastards. Pit, they wanted the, the the Algerian Postal Service wanted, I think it was 100 or something, 150 <laughs> postage envelope openers. You know, like the, you put the, the envelope in oh, a... It's electronic. <laughs> it just opens it up yeah. automatically. And man, Pitney and Bowes, Pitney Pitney Bowes. Bowes owned the postal oh, yeah. market back then. Oh yeah, they did. the letter weighers, everything. Or, yeah, yeah, scales, all that stuff. Um, so they gave me, you know, I I got the letter of credit, I got the order. It was maybe a two hundred thousand dollar order at that time, and and I got it. I didn't get it in a fax. I got a verbal saying this is what it's going to cost. <laughs> I learned my fucking lesson. And then I said, okay, this is good. Whatever. Give me the, uh, uh, the letter of credit. And 
Then they changed their pricing and they upped it. I think it was twenty thousand. I lost thirty thousand. I can't remember, but it it definitely stung. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you're twenty years old doing this. So you're uh, making money. Did you drop out of school? No. No. We were sp- both going. To, we were both going to Samo, uh-huh. Santa Monica, uh, not Samo, uh, Santa Monica College, SMC. And, and and doing this on this was the side hustle. This is the side hustle. We were doing it. He, I mean, he's he's a very successful business. You still in now. touch with him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We that's talk, cool. We talk every couple of times a year. And did did and, are you living at home? Yeah, okay. I'm living at I'm living in my parents' house, and I'm doing this. There's no fucking money. I'm not making no money. Okay, so you're making no money. No money. A couple did hundred you, bucks did, here, a couple hundred bucks you, there. No, you, I mean you you make enough money to pay for your car. Did you upgrade the GTI? No, I had. Yeah, I had. I were you driving a BMW 3 Series? No, no, no. I was driving a Mitsubishi Starion. I got into the race game, by the way. I'll I'll explain that. Um, race car and, and okay. all that kind of stuff. But at that time, I was basically making money to pay for parts for my cars. Cool. Suspension, engine parts, turbo parts. I got into the SCCA racing at that time. Oh, were, wow. you, were you working on your own stuff? or, or, or No, I would ta- you had a shop uh, to do it. Yeah, I would take it to places in Torrance. You know, I, I was mostly into the uh, Japanese cars. Yeah. The Nissans, Mitsubishi. What was the so the Mitsubishi Starion? Yeah. What was the U.S. version of it? It was a Chrysler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was God. rebranded. Chrysler without Conquest. Conquest. Was it right? Was Conquest? It? I, uh, no, that doesn't ring. Not. That doesn't ring. They made more Starions than they made the Chrysler. Yeah, but Did, I remember the identical. They had the exact uh, same Mitsubishi. I know what you're talking. And then it was branded a, a, a Chrysler, and I'm, I forget what it was. But they were both badass. Oh, those were the nicest cars. A little heavy. It's not the best car to go on the track. Um, it's a little heavy, but for a straight, I mean, those things, you modified them. I don't know if you guys remember HKS. Mm-hmm. The yep. HKS, we wanted the, the turbos and intercoolers yeah. and stuff. They actually sponsored us back in, they, they, they had a little office. They just came from Japan and they sponsored us. They would, you know, you would have to put the, the Sticker stickers on, on the windshield, windshield <laughs> and then go to the racetracks and show yes. everybody. And they paid for a lot of the parts. That's great. I, just, I, I would have to pay for the labor to take it to it, but they would give you like free parts. Uh, and the Starion at that time was a pretty fast car that you can modify because it was a four-cylinder turbocharged. So you can modify it pretty well. And then I got into the Nissan. Did you think you were the shit? You had a sponsor and you're playing with cars. And you know, I thought fucking- I was a shit because at you know, 19, 20 years old, I had an import-export business yeah. that what were made you, what, shit. What were you wearing? <laughs> what were you wearing at the time? Was that like, so um, did you guys have Chess King out here? Or is that, that's uh, mid-80s. Yeah, that's I, mid-80s. Yeah. Chess King? Chess okay. King was like a mall store that sold like sweaters and yeah, that's bullshit. I, and John Hughes bullshit. Well, we were, after, we were, I, I lived it, dude. After I worked <laughs> in a clothing store, when you work in a clothing store, for some reason, you just start dressing nicer now. You're like, oh, well, you know, those are nice pants. Those are a nice shirt. That looks good. Before that, I was a slob. 
Yeah, but, but that, you're, not, you're not wearing Brioni or something. Oh, I, I, I just got into Brioni. Don't worry. No, I don't know what I was wearing. I think uh, back then there wasn't any, like, place to go because, you know, you wore your Levi's and, you know, you wore your Nike shoes and, but you know, you wore it. You you wore it in a way like you know that was my favorite shoes right there, the Doc Martens, which I just got a pair actually there last you go. week. Oh, that's right, baby! They opened the store in uh, Fashion Island. Oh, really? They have oh, a then nice. It's no store. longer cool. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm have to get some new ones. I'm have to get I some flip to, that, that was my favorite shoes. Yeah, actually. of course, Those they're are great, comfortable. And what, uh, what was the first nice watch you bought? First nice watch I bought was uh, I saved up my money. I was just talking to my wife about that actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, I saved up my money and my parents took me to Paris in 1989 and I saved up, I think, 800 bucks and went to Paris and I went to a Cartier store and I bought a Santos. I still oh, have nice. the watch. Oh, you still oh, have it. Oh, very oh, cool. cool. That's um, cool. And, uh, oh, that's great. It was 800 bucks back then, which was... Well, and you know how many car parts you could have bought for that? I know, but I wanted a nice watch. You know, I was a businessman. I was a... What happened when you graduated college or graduate? After, no, I, I went to Woodbury University up in Burnbank as a business school. Oh, okay. From Santa Monica. I, I studied finance. Um, was that, was, were you a natural at that? Finance? Was well, it yeah, easy? I'm, I'm numbers. I'm, I'm very good. So the, uh, that part of school was easy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm dyslexic, which is another thing I have. I have a hard time reading. I have a hard time. Uh, maybe that's why I have ADD and all that yeah, stuff. But I am, I am dyslexic. Is and dyslexia I, also with numbers or words? For me, numbers, no. I, I think with numbers all the time. Yeah. Like if you tell me a number, I can put it together very well. But spelling a word or putting a sentence, it becomes challenging. So I have to, you know, it becomes a little, a little challenging. It's hard to explain. It's just, no, but you're comfortable with the number with num numerical numeric. numbers yeah. and not. Words. I don't mix up numbers. I definitely don't. Mix up numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but with, uh, sentences and with some words that are challenging. Yeah. It's, it's it's a bit challenging. I don't know. I just, it works differently. So you get out of college. What do you do? Work. Where? Uh, at that time, my father. Are you still doing import-export? No, I did that only for a couple of years. I got out of that because it wasn't making much money. And Did, uh, it, did it fade away or did your buddy no, keep doing I it? Fucking Algeria. Took all the money. <laughs> <laughs> blame, it, blame it on Algeria. <laughs> did you do any time in Algerian prison? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Looking forward to it. No, but <laughs> my wife is French. So we met in high school. We were dating. And while I was doing this gig, this import-export thing, we were together. And then when we got engaged to get married you know i had to take a serious gig to make money mm -hmm. so my friend asked me to come and live in france and let's do it you know blow it up a little bit and i got scared because i you know i i, I saw my dad mm. at then starting 
from scratch, not knowing where to go. I, I said, I can't do that. I said, I'm comfortable here. You know here. I, I right. know here. Wow. I, I don't want to. And my wife was French. She's, she speaks perfect French, French and I have family. It would have been easy. It would have been easy for her. Yeah. Somewhat. Not really. Yeah, but the trauma of watching watching your life getting completely cut out. Yeah. And moved. And we're talking and about 10, 10, 12 years after we moved. Yeah, it's still here. fresh. So, it's fresh. So wow. I I said no, I don't want to do that. And and then after that, you know, their relationship with European countries got better and then they stopped buying American. Um, I think that was Clinton, Clinton days, yeah. Um, and then, you know, my dad started a business. <sighs> my dad um, around that time started in the car business. He, he was trying to find himself again. He had already cashed out. Cashed out of there. Got bored. He he was doing. I don't know what he was doing. Oh, he he in between that and the car business, he started a small chain of restaurants that didn't do well, and he decided to get out of that. I worked a little <laughs> bit there. And, what kind of restaurant? Uh, it was like a La Salsa type restaurant. Okay. It was a Mexican tacos al carbon type of restaurant. It was actually good, but. The restaurant business is not tough, a, man. Uh, it's freaking tough. Yeah, it's not. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the restaurant business. We just had uh, a couple of weeks ago. We just had three restaurant tours on all at the same time. Oh, really? We talked about the restaurant business, how hard it is. It's a challenge. It. I worked there a little bit. We had a spot. We had we had three locations. We had one in Westwood. We had one literally next to Duke's. You know where Whiskey A Go Go is? Yeah. And, and next to Duke's, we were right there. And that one was popping. It was doing really well, but it was just hard, man. It was, and I wasn't fully working there. I was doing other things and work. I had, you know, like three or four jobs at that time. So, it, it, you know, I saw the restaurant business. It was not something I ever, ever wanted to mm. do. And it was just so challenging. And, and, you know, just especially now with social media, I can't even imagine. Mm. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Did you, did you, when your dad started in the car business, what, what was he doing? He started in floor financing. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to be a floor finan financier. Which is? Basically... Financing the inventory of dealers. Okay, so I'm a dealer. I go to him, and he gives me a line of credit. Exactly. Okay. For each car, you know, you you get a flooring line, and then when you sell it, you have to pay it off. Mm -hmm. So he did that with a few dealers, maybe a dozen or so, back in early '90s. And then one of the dealers that he worked with was a. Um, Buick Oldsmobile dealer, mm. and the son—I think I think they're passed away now. But the son was the father was sick, so the son took over the business, and the son was a big coke fiend. Coke, come on, in the car business. Nah. So he took the entire flooring line and spent it up his nose. Pretty much. 
So it was a big, I think it was one of his biggest accounts. And then at that time, I believe it was Oldsmobile or Buick. No, it was Oldsmobile that shut down. So there was only a Buick and that the guy was struggling. It was losing money. So my dad and his partner at that time said, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to take over this business. Okay. So now overnight, he's a car dealer. Mm. <laughs> did, it, did it have GMC as well? No, no, actually they were trying to get it for the longest time. That's why they, so they, they were trying to get the, like two or three miles south of them. They were up in Sepulveda in uh, Mission Hills. And there was a, they were trying to get GMC, but there was a GMC utility truck dealer like they, they would sell yeah, the commercial yeah, heavy trucks, stuff, and he wouldn't release. They, they wonder how that happened because most Buick Oldsmobile dealers were Buick Oldsmobile GMC. No, they this one was only Buick and Oldsmobile, and they were trying to get a GMC. They couldn't get a Chevy at that time because there's a Chevy store up uh, in uh, Silmar or something, and. There was this one dealer that wouldn't let go. They wouldn't give the right to get a consumer, but he said no. But he was trying to get it himself, but he didn't have the capital. Anyways, they decide to close down the Buick, and they turn it into a uh, independent store. So they literally overnight they became. They're still doing the flooring. Then they started the um, used car lots. And that's when I started joining them. I was there part-time going to school, and my school was in Burbank, and this dealership was in Mission Hill, so it was very convenient for me to go there in the morning, and then I had night classes from 6 to 9, and I would go to school from 6 to 9. So you'd, you'd go to the dealership, an independent dealership, uh-huh. selling used cars. Yep. You worked the line. I worked the line. I did mostly finance. How old were you? This is a 93, 92, 93. I was 21. Okay. 20, 21, somewhere Something like that. So 21, you, yeah. You, so you start, you, you go into the family business, which is the car business. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what do you... What do you do? You sell cars or is it you immediately go into finance? Um, for myself? Yeah. Well, we were, so the way we got into finance was there was this one guy that was one of our lenders, really nice guy. And he became friends with my dad and his partner and with, with myself. And he would come all the time. He was young at that time. He would come over and he would buy our finance contracts and he would talk about, oh, you know, I'm charging this much interest rate. I'm doing these type of customers. And then more and more he talked about it and my dad got interested in Mm. financing. So he slowly started in-housing these contracts. So you kept the paper. Not everything, Man, you know, but you're, some you're, of them. Your dad's a thinker. Yeah. Yeah. So I started. He, 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 yeah. he, he sees everything. Yeah. Like. I, you have no idea how many businesses this guy has yeah. got. Yes, I mean, <laughs> just you, you <laughs> come here. I would love to have, you know, 
someone like a biographer sit there and talk about his life story. Oh, we can get him on the pod. You bring him down. We'll he have he won't talk. This is the thing about him. He's very, Does very he drink? quiet. He drinks a lot. Oh, then there we'll, you then, go. Get then, him on listen, here. We'll get, get him, him on the couch, we'll brother. He's <laughs> a very quiet person. He's very low key and, you know. Is, yeah, is, but, but see, here's the thing. His grandkids need to hear the yep. story. Exactly. Because it's such an important story. This, your grandkids will hear, and you'll never sit down with grandkids and tell them this shit. Nope. You no, just won't. No. I mean, I, 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 the thing is, I work with my dad since I was 21. And I still work with my dad. He's my partner now. But, you know, he's, he's an amazing person. He's very, he's very accomplished. And then, but my father-in-law, now that's another person that I admire and very accomplished. And he's he's American. He comes from North Carolina. And he grew up dirt poor and built himself. Didn't go to college. Didn't, I don't even know if he's finished school. He His mom passed away at a very, very young age. And he had to work from 14, 15 years old. And he became a very successful, powerful executive in a, you know, multi-billion dollar company from nothing. I mean, that, that, those two men, I mean, my God, this is. Wow. What, what, what great people to have the kids around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's the thing I, I, for 20 plus years, I've kept my, uh, my father doesn't have a resume. He never writes down anything, <laughs> but my father-in-law gave me a resume one time. He says, you know, gave it to me. He says, here, show this to my grandkids when I get older. I said, okay, I put it in my in my um, office desk, and I still have it. And, you know. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, just all the work he's done. And, and this is, you know, this is the thing about history. It's like nobody really documents Mm-mm. your personal life and your family and everything. You know, that's what have, we do. We provide it at the, at the pod here, doing it my way. We provide a service. <laughs> what we're <laughs> providing. <laughs> So we're doing so you, the Lord's work. So yes. you, you, your dad starts doing finance, starts keeping the paper, financing yeah. the paper himself. Um, and how long do you stay there? I didn't leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we, we, for the dealership, I think we did that for maybe about four years until my dad and I and everybody got tired of it. Of the retail car business. The retail car business. Yeah. Three and then you years. see the bigger picture in the in the lending side. Mm-hmm. It, I want to call it bigger picture. You know, I think it was just something we understood a little bit better. The, the, the car business, the retail side, it's very tricky. You know, there's so many angles and it's so all over the place. Now it's a little bit, not easier, but it was very challenging at that time to get the cars uh, pre, pre-internet though it was it, it was, was very challenging yeah it, you know it but was, also you could you could sell cars for Eddie Eddie about a buddy and nobody could 100% correct yeah you. right you can make a <laughs> yeah. money but but yeah to, to, but it was hard to get the right inventory finding you know yeah. right now there's there's challenges right now but the challenges you have right now are trying to get your customer in and and sell them and make profit Back then was trying to get the inventory. Right now you can go online and get. You can figure out what to pay easily. Yeah, and, you know what to pay. Yeah, it, it was yeah. the, the cost of cars back then. You know, you would buy the same exact car. You would have 20, 30% spread. 
difference and and the same exact thing same miles same whatever it was i mean i i look at it then i look at it now i'm not in the car game anymore uh but i do deal with a lot of dealers and i have a, most of my friends are car dealers and um you know i see the challenges they're going for it the spreads are much tighter I mean, oh, it's yeah not, yeah it's not like what it was back then especially in our space did you, did you, so your space, how did, how did it evolve? What was the evolution going from a car dealer to a little bit of in-house finance? I think to, more, it, yeah, it was, it was the in-house, seeing the performance, seeing how well it paid, looking at the returns, you know, is this the right thing for me? For me, I always loved cars. Yes. I just wanted to be in the car game. Yeah. You know, I, I was a car nut. My dad goes in the car business. I mean, that's like, yeah. I'm going there. And does your dad give a shit about cars? None. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about cars. Right, right. That's usually the best people in the business. Isn't it? <laughs> he was driving at that time. And, this, you know, this, at that time he was a, you know, multi-millionaire. He was driving a $3,000 10-year-old Cadillac with... 150,000 yeah, miles on. give a fuck. No, but usually, a fuck. usually the people that do really well in the car business are dispassionate, <laughs> non-car people that, you know, like, uh, because they don't they don't get attached. Well, it, true, because... It could be a business. I'm not a car collector, but, you know, I probably... My wife says, you know, I'm a little car crazy. Mm. With the amount of cars I buy... And have, and sell, and I'm not a car collector by any means, but you know I always you're you're a, you're a uh, a gross abuser, yeah. gross abuser. Yeah, yes. you're a consumer, not a collector. I am definitely a consumer. I love cars. I don't know what it is. It's, it's I've had a passion for cars since I was young. I love old cars, new cars, exotic cars, junk cars. I mean, I just love cars. So as as you start pushing this this needle with the finance company yeah what what is your role in that because your dad has to be well if you're 21 i don't know your dad's got to be what 60 55 60 he's a 25 years older than me okay exactly 25 um he was yeah i mean his partner was more uh marketing uh-huh. And I worked under his partner mainly. Okay. And then my dad was more the finance, the money raiser, the dealing with the banks, uh, the accounting, stuff like that. The more analytical person. And, and when did you guys decide to start lending? What do you mean? Lending to other dealers. Oh, lending we, right away. When we, when we got out of the car game, yeah. I started marketing to other dealers I became friends with meeting them at auctions and dealing with them. I started marketing to a variety of dealers. I wanted to go into the lending space. I did not like the car business because I saw that it was challenging to move metal from here, 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 you know, get it to the end. It's a fun business. Mm -hmm. I loved it, but I knew that it's a lot of work. It was Mm -hmm. just a lot of work. It's not, and I'm not saying it's even easier now, but it was it was a lot more challenging than you didn't have all the technology and the tools that you have now. Right. Um, but it was were a lot you, of work. Were you were you 
consciously thinking of that when you're in your 20s? Like, wait a minute, I can I can move some paper around and make a spread and not have to deal with a car going from the auction to the lot to the this to the that. And hopefully, like, did well, you say, well, I think I want to chase the paper instead of the car? What happened when I was working for my dad and we had a dealership, I had, I saved up, I think it was $5,000. And then I, what I started doing, which is was illegal at the time, but I can talk about it since the statute of limitations. Yeah, it's <laughs> gone. It's way gone. So I took $5,000 and whatever trade-ins he was getting that was less than 1500 I would buy them. And the trade-ins I would get, I would clean them up. I would fix it, change the oil, uh, you know, bleed the brakes. I would do whatever I could to get it, the car cleaned up, and I would put it on Auto Trader. What was it back then? Yeah, it was Auto Trader, the magazine. What, the okay. magazine. Penny Saver? Thurs or no. Thursdays, yeah, you know, it would come out, yeah. and I would put in there and flip it and make 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. I did that f- while I was working at the dealership. He let me do it because he didn't want to pay me anything. Right. Oh, and so that's what was illegal, curving cars? Curving cars. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say. It was illegal, no, but, yeah. but I would, you know, they would eventually, I wouldn't keep the car. You weren't more clocking than, them. Clocking? What's that? L- rolling back to mileage. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's illegal. He no. was frontlining them. No, you know, no hey. because my dad was buying these trades yeah. from yeah. the customers. I couldn't do anything like that. I didn't want to jeopardize his business. Yeah, you were ripping cars and you were, you were selling them on your own. Yeah, I was selling them mostly wholesale. Yeah. I wasn't retailing or anything that much, but mostly, you know, it was wholesale selling to the dealers. Sometimes we would retail it to, uh, through the auto trader and then use the retail license. Um, I did that a lot. I mean, I, I took 5,000. I think I got it up to in a couple of years, you know, just rolling and rolling and rolling. And I was tight, man. I, you know, I, I made good money and, um, from there, you were know, you frugal? Oh yeah, I, I was. Frugal's being nice. <laughs> well, this was I mean, to like, me. This like, was where were you living? Were you, were you living in an apartment? Were you living in at a house? that time? I was living with my fiance. Uh, we were living in an apartment. Yes. Okay. Right. So, you were like, hey, this is this is the you had a vision, a, a long term goal. Yeah, she was working. She mm-hmm. was working for a medical business and she was going to school and I was, you know, we were living off her money mostly and I was saving my money. How great was that? Remember those times? Yeah, you can live on like two grand a month. Yeah. No, but it was great though. Like like we we always remember like, like, you know, like first, last and security for an apartment. Holy shit. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, uh, like, you know, it was great. It was great. No, it was really broke. Yeah. Like, okay, fuck. We're broke together. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was fun. (laughs) And I did money, mo problems. I think my dad, you know, my dad is a tight person. He's, he's very nice. He's generous, but with his grandchildren, but with his kids, Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I never asked for anything. I was always the hustler. I wanted, I love the feeling of making The money. juice, baby. It's the it's, action. Yeah. I mean, I love that feeling like, oh man, I made this. Was there, was, there a, was there a point where you said, hey dad, stand back. I'm, 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 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was probably 20, 20, 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, about 25 years ago, I was working for him. I didn't have a piece of the action until probably 1998. And I told him, you know, I got a job offer at another finance company. Oh, nice. uh, which thank God I didn't take. <laughs> so what was that? What was that like? What was that negotiation with your dad? And what was that? Cause that's gotta be a real pivotal point. I remember it very clearly because I was approached by a bank. I, you know, I was the guy that was out in the streets. I was marketing everywhere. And, um, I was approached by a bank that's no longer in business. Uh, and they came to me and they said, Oh, we want to make you a, branch manager of this and they were you know i was getting i think two thousand dollars a month from my dad from the finance company i was doing the side hustles i was doing everything to you know save up and i was approached by a bank and they said oh we're gonna you know we're gonna offer you thirty five thousand dollars to run our branch I was like, man that's mm. a lot of fucking money i'll take that <laughs> <laughs> you know, i want the money <laughs> So I went to him and uh, he told me, shut the fuck up. You're in a good spot. If you want, <laughs> if you want to be my partner, this is what it's going to take. So and he gave you a route. He gave you a plan. Yeah, okay. A plan. He uh, didn't say no. He gave you a plan. Well, you know, the, he knew the future was going to be me. You yeah. know, I was doing probably 50% of the work there. And do you, I didn't know a lot. Do, but you I, do you think part of it, sorry to interrupt. Do you think part of it was... He wanted you to ask. Yeah, he needed I you think to, so. Yeah. Needed you to say, "Hey, I, I I'm either going to leave or I'm I'm in." It was it was a. I remember the time I sat with him, and he just said, "You know, if you don't like this company or you don't like this business, I get it. But if you're going to go do the same thing, why would you do that? You know, when it's ours, when it's." Well, it wasn't ours. Well, it was his. It's his. It was fifty percent his. He had a partner at the yeah. time, so he said, "Okay, we'll put a plan. You know, you need to work for it. I'm not going to give you anything for free, and this is the plan. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you, I know you do the side stuff. You have to stop that and have to focus on this." And I said, "Okay, you know, I can do that." Um, and I started, you know, working full time. Still didn't get a salary, <laughs> but I was working full time. And uh, did you get a piece? Yeah, yeah. Verbal, yeah. verbal piece. Did you get it in writing? Uh, no, no, we did it. Did you get a did fax? Did you get a fax? <laughs> no. Did not get a fax. Uh, did I learned my lesson. Did the Algerian government uh, pencil this deal? <laughs> it was Pitney Bowes. That's good. <laughs> Algerian government was good. Surprisingly. So you had the conversation and you, so now you're like super focused. Yeah. This, right. This is the time I graduated from college, got my finance degree. I was engaged. I think I got married and, um, my dad came, you know, we started doing things and then, you know, I had other things that I was going to do. I thought about becoming a stockbroker and I thought about other things. You know, when you're that, when you're 24 year or whatever, you're 24, 25, you're kind of confused. You, you want to 
Yeah, and you're seeing everybody do stuff, and you're yeah. like, I wonder if I should do that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you you like making money, but you're also worried when you get married. Yeah. You're also worried, you know, is this going to be my gig, and am I going to make money out of this, and is this going to fulfill my, you know, uh, I guess what I want to do for for long term? Because I'm I'm always a long term thinker. I if I'm going to do something. This is it. I'm going to stay in this type of business for as long as I can. Through ups and downs, I don't care. This is what I'm going to do. So, yeah, I started doing that, and, and we formed another company, and we were 50-50 partners. And he still had his business with his partner, and, and that's when I came to Orange County. I couldn't compete with him and with his partner in Los Angeles so I came here and opened up um, Credit One mm -hmm. and uh, 98 and just started it from nothing. I got a loan from him for the finance company and I put my own money that I saved up. And uh, man. Where'd you move here? Irvine. In an apartment? And those uh, apartments that they have. Remember the, I don't know if you remember those uh, apartment homes that they have yes like two bedroom and that's when i had my first kid actually nick he was born we moved here and um and you're not making money i'm not making a lot of money but i was making enough to pay for the apartment and food and my wife at that time wasn't working now okay she stopped yeah. working because we moved here so um but you know the finance gig if if you have good capital behind you yeah you can make okay money you know at, at it how, takes a, how quick how quick did you did um the business start start to where you were kind of like oh shit it took <sighs> God, probably it took maybe about four years i would say okay it didn't take that long uh to become profitable right uh and then um, profitable, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, at that, the, the biggest thing is in a finance business or any kind of business mm. is your operating expenses, your cost. So I was doing, you know, my wife was working there. Mm -hmm. It was me, my wife, and we had one employee. And I was, you know, I, I, I didn't want to spend for a janitor, for example, at night. Yeah. So at six o'clock, I would vacuum everything. I would clean up. I would throw the trash out. Um, you know, I would clean the desks. I didn't want that one employee I had to do that because I felt bad. You know, like this is not what I hired her for. I hired her for something. And you didn't else. want to pay a janitor. And I didn't want to pay whatever it was, a couple of hundred bucks a month for a janitor. So I did all that for, you know, a year or two. And, um, and I remember I was subleasing space from someone that had a big office. They were a software company, but you know, back then it was the 2000, was it? Yeah, the 99, dot com, it was the dot a dot com. com and they, they went on, so they gave me like two offices in their office and I was using that and you know, I was busy, I was doing everything. Um, and it was right off of, uh, what was it, Harbor Boulevard, where all the car dealers were. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was fun. I Man, I, I miss those days. It was, it was... Did you, did you uh, 
do a de- big deal and like go buy a car or celebrate? No, or? no, no, I didn't do anything. I I was very frugal. I mean, I was driving a. You buy another watch? What you do? No, I bought a. I did buy a watch. <laughs> I bought my first Rolex. I think it was in two thousand one, on a financing interest free. Torno. <laughs> yeah, was it Torno? No, Is that it where was Ben here? Bridge. Ben Bridge. I did. I did mine. That one. This one right here. Yeah. <laughs> in 2002. Torno. I guess it was, maybe it was Banbridge, but it was Torno. You walk into South Coast Plaza. It was right there on the left. I think it was Torno. Yeah, that's yeah, Torno. Yeah, Zero percent finance. Right. Yeah, I, that's what I did on my... I, Put it on the And drip. I still have that one. Me too. It was three grand or something or three thirty five whatever yeah, yeah. it was yeah it's like two hundred and thirteen dollars a month or two hundred and seventy five bucks <laughs> a month for two years man but the memory is fucking brilliant oh i, love I it. remember that yeah I remember it was that. great i don't remember the how i bought my last watch but i remember that the last mm. the you probably paid cash watches. i did <laughs> And I don't remember what the hell it was, but... Uh, well, it was more than three grand, I'll tell you that. Probably. So when you get to... So you get to a point where all of a sudden you're ready for expansion? Yeah. What's that like? Do you have to bring in new partners? Do you have to... Well, yeah, like how do you go no, to the next I mean, level? I, I was fortunate enough that the partner I had had a lot of money, but, uh, you know, you have to perform. You mm-hmm. can't just get money... You know, you can't just get more debt without having income to support it or being able to support, you know, sustain it. So, you know, at that time, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I can't remember thinking about failure. Mm. You know, at that, when you start thinking about failure, it changes your mindset. You you know, I, I think for me, I have to focus, you know, just go straight ahead and and go dead on you know i'm gonna succeed this is how i'm gonna do it this is how i'm gonna plan it and i've always been great at planning and executing but i i don't know i mean there's there's no way for me to say how i succeeded because i don't remember just like a blur it's a blur well did you go from like three employees to 100 employees or no no it was gradual okay i mean when you know, in 2000, I think we had two employees. And then every year, you know, I went to like five, ten. I think when in 2005 or six, when we had, I don't know, maybe I'm guessing, maybe we had 40 or 50 employees in 2006. And I started panicking a little, like, am I doing this is this shit you know so that's a lot of mouths to feed that's a lot yeah yeah and then 2006 hit 2007 the financial crisis 2008 it was just you know fortunately we were very conservative at the time we we did very well but there's a lot of our peers and a lot of people in our space that were just they were gone yeah Yeah. you know banks finance companies and did that help you? Yeah. Actually, 2008 crisis did help us because we were always very conservative in our leverage and, and the way we operated. You know, we ran very tight with our operating expenses, um, and we still do. But, you know, that, that time really helped us to, 
you know, boost our profitability and, and be able to expand further. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, did you see the, uh, as they call it, the crisis, uh, 08, 09, did you see it? Were you aware at the time that it was for you an opportunity or was it like, wow, this is bad? Or was it both? Like guys weren't, guys were coming into the Ferrari dealership every day to the wine bar, espresso bar and telling Chris and I how bad things were. Right. But they also might've bought a Ferrari that day. (laughs) (laughs) I was, you know, I didn't get into spending, but, but 2008 going back to 2008, it was a big opportunity for us. I didn't see it. You just kept doing what you do. I just kept doing what I do. You didn't say like, oh my God, this is huge. We tightened up. And, you know, with us tightening up, our profitability zoomed higher. And and you kept forging. But you you were always tight. We were always tight. You're always conservative, right? Not, Not, oh, hey, we can make a huge spread. Doesn't matter. No, in business, we were always conservative. My personal life is a little different. I'm a little wild, but... Well, it's now. Yeah, it's now, recent. Now that you're rich. It's, well, you did now have... Now a, that you found Baroni. You did have a Mitsubishi Starion. I did, actually. <laughs> and I paid for that myself, actually. It was... Uh, Six grand? What was it? No, it was it, it was a low-mileage one I found in Whittier. And uh, it, I, there's a funny story about that, actually. That I... I, I, I um, that was one of the reasons my dad got into the financing business, but it was before he was even in the business. So I went, I was so angry and, you know, at that time I wanted a car. It was after my, my, um, I, in between that I had a Nissan 240SX. And that car, the transmission, I bought it automatic and I was so angry I didn't buy a stick shift because I couldn't modify it. So I took that car back to Nissan and they, I was upside down like so much. Of course you were. Yeah. So my dad bailed me out of that and said, okay, I'm not buying you any more car. That said, you, you're on your own. I said, okay. So I went to a dealer, a used car dealer in Whittier <laughs> and I had, I think it was 3000 down, and the car he sold me was $8,000, which I think was like two, 3000 more. And then I, he got me financing at 20% APR. Oh, my God. I right? had no freaking idea what the yeah, hell you I signed. You're I like, no, okay, 300, no, 300 bucks a month, I'm in. You're right. You didn't care. Right. What, I didn't what, care. What's the, what's the monthly? I took that contract. Oh, your dad must have been like, oh, my God. He, I don't know what he was doing at that time. This was probably late 80s, early 90s. It was right before he got into the game. And I took that contract. I said, look, Dad, I got my own car. And I got financing. <laughs> all, uh, all he saw was the interest. Right? Yeah. All he had was the dollar <laughs> signs. It was just dollar signs. In neon. <laughs> That's true. He's like, Fuck. What did you do? Twenty fucking percent. Right. He's like more than Mastercard. <laughs> so he went to the dealer the next day and he bought that damn contract. No. <laughs> and he literally took that contract. He says, "You're gonna make payments to me now." Right. Oh my right. 
Wow, dude, that's freaking awesome. Well, if you think about it, the the big picture, right? That was, he saw this opportunity. To be the bank. To be the bank. Oh, no, he wanted control. But also to know that, hey, I could buy the paper and I'm going to get paid. Yeah, I don't know. He he went, I was youngest too, but he went to the, he went with me to the dealer and he was talking to the dealer for maybe an hour or so. And then oh, got him a check and took that contract. <laughs> you just imagine freaking they're being like, the dealer. In, like, when was this? Like 1990. Oh and two Persian guys walk in and just grind your <laughs> fucking balls off. Right. Like, and then oh, you're, my and then God. You're, and then you're reassigning <laughs> the contract yeah, to his dad. Yeah, dad <laughs> screaming at you because you fucked his kid. Oh, you <laughs> fucked my son. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> just a negotiation. 20%. Uh, they're, they're getting paid 30, 15 points. Oh, love it. That's great, dude. What a, what a wonderful opportunity, right? It was yeah. expensive. But but I I think that really got, I, I think, I still tell him, I said, I think I'm the one that got you into the business. Oh, dude, 100%. That, 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 that car deal, that loan yeah. was, was your tuition. Yeah. Like that yeah. was, that was the on I paid him. That was the entree. Of course. What did he charge I, you interest? The same. You took the notes. What are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't get a break. My dad is a finance guy. That's right. right. That's oh, funny. And you paid, him, you paid him every time, and he, and he probably processed that whole loan in his mind, going, oh, yeah. hey, if he's late a little bit, okay, here's how. Here's, no, I, he's not defaulting. I, You know, I paid him. I don't remember if I paid it off, but I know I paid him for a long time, mm-hmm. even when I was... That's great. Uh, I didn't have the car for a long time. You know, I modified it. I put a lot of, I put a lot of parts in it, and then I ended up selling it. Um, maybe about a year or so later. Man, the power, the power of interest mm-hmm. in so I, many different ways. Well, I mean, if you think about it, in the U and the world, especially, and, and the, but in the U.S., you know, there's so much dependency on credit. And finance, it really helps people mm-hmm. to make their lives better. You know, uh, uh, I'm not saying this as a lender, but it gives a, a lot of people opportunity to do things that they couldn't do. Yep, right. No, you know? but like if that's like, wonderful. Yeah. If and it could, it could also ruin you if because you're, if you if, if you're, you're not if you're not yeah. respectful, exactly. Um, when you go to college, they, they, they send you a bunch of credit card yeah. things. I remember when I got out of college, I moved to Connecticut. I, I got another credit card with a big, I forget what it was, but a big uh, yeah. limit. And I got a new apartment. I went to buy a stereo. And instead of buying the stereo that I could afford, I bought the big dog, right? The, the, I bought the, the amp. The, the cassette, the, yeah. the the radio, the turntable, the speakers. I bought everything and put it on the credit card. Now, that stereo system is still in my living room in Newport. Oh. It's still our stereo that we barely use because you don't use them anymore. But I still have it. So, hey, it did great for me. But I, if that thing was at the time... Two grand, which was super expensive. I that probably is expensive. I probably paid five grand for it because of all the fees and the interest on the credit card and all that stuff. But I still have the stereo, and it's and, and it's wonderful. 
and I always tell my kids this story because now they nobody buys a stereo system like that anymore. But that was kind of like a watch back then. Yeah. You wanted a big system in 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 your in your house. You wanted a stacked stereo system, right? It was it was cool. That was I forgot about. Sony Nakamichi was it? Nakamichi. Nakamichi was the yeah. shit. Macintosh. Macintosh. Uh, Macintosh uh, is I, still the uh, shit. My receiver is an Onkyo. Onkyo, yeah. 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 Where do you buy stereos now? Macintosh store. You're, you have enough money now to buy one. Well, at uh, Macintosh uh, store. Best, best, best yeah. buy. Best buy. Oh, really? No, you go to Macintosh. Go to Macintosh.com. No, they will tee you up. Hello. Oh, yeah. It's like $30,000. Well, analog, analog's in again. So turntables and, and uh, tubes. I saw that. Tube systems are really in again, and they're crazy money. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a guy making hundred thousand dollar amps and hundred thousand dollar turntables Should've and stuff. Kept all my freaking now just Zeppelin, just stick with Zeppelin records. Just stick with Pink a, Floyd. Yeah, Zeppelin just stick with an iPod. You can't go wrong. So <laughs> so Cyrus, um, we're gonna wrap up here, and how we wrap up is is. Can you fill me back up a little? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's how we wrap how up. We wrap oh, up is, <laughs> um, that's cool. Well, we ask two things. Um, one, we, the three of us all have kids right around the same age. And part of the spirit behind this podcast is, is trying to get the, your message or out to kids, right? And, and what would be your elevator pitch to kids on how, how, it, how you work to be successful and, and what you can do? And then also how we would find uh, you, you know, via Veros or how how people would find you, they want to auto loan. Um, I think the message to kids is not to be afraid of taking risks, and not. I mean, you know, I have three kids from sixteen to twenty five. I think the biggest struggles they have right now is trying to identify themselves and trying to figure out what, you know, with social media out there, putting a lot of pressure on them, especially with, it seems like everybody on social media is a billionaire, Mm -hmm. you know, which is not true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wait a a minute, it's not? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) So, But that's what they're dealing with. That's what they're dealing with. I think this is the pressures that they're getting is to get from zero to a billion, you know, they're supposed to be millionaires by the time yeah. they're 25. And yes. that's not, that's not going to happen. You know, it might not even happen at all, but they have to be willing to work hard. They, they have to work, um, willing to take risks, willing to, you know, roll up their sleeves. And if they have to pick up trash and or vacuum clean the desks, or clean the right. desks, it, it means that's what they have to do. And I, I don't think, I don't think things have changed from twenty five years ago to now. The I, principles I of success, 100%. I think it's still the same. Hard work is number one. Smart work, networking, finding the right people to connect with, and mm-hmm. and finding the right space industry that you love. And, it, and at the end of the day, money is not really important. Mm. I don't think money is going to create happiness. 
I think it, it's a product or tool to get you to certain places, but I don't think money is going to create happiness for anybody. I think if somebody's miserable doing something, they're, if they have billions of dollars, they're going to be still miserable. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you have to find something that you have passion for, something that you believe in, something that money comes, money is really secondary product of, of, of like a reason to get up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think for me is I love cars. I love the car business. I love the financing. I love talking to people like this. I mean, you guys are in the car game. So I love talking to car guys outside of the car, inside of the car. I just love to talk to them because it's so interesting, all the different experiences everybody's gone through in life. And at the end of this thing we call life, you know, the most important thing is to make sure that we have enjoyed this time that we've had on this earth and make the most of it. The dollar sign doesn't mean anything. Right. That's really an afterproduct. Of, but if you're not happy, you're not happy. It doesn't matter. Ain't that the truth? Uh, and how do how do people find you? Are you on social media? Or where do you? I don't want anybody to find me. <laughs> I'm not on social media. Please don't. Call What's your me. company's name? Uh, Veros Credit. Veroscredit.com. Yeah. 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 There you and go. Veros is dealer only or dealer only. Yeah. Dealer only. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Dude. Hey, uh, one side note before before we say goodbye. Uh, there was a moment where you're, you, I asked you if you asked your dad to stand back and, and you're stepping in. Yeah. And before we got on the pod, I asked you about your son and he's kind of in the same position, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, it, you know, I, it, it might be early days, but it's very, it's a very similar. Uh, it's I, hard. You know, the thing about my kids is when I, when I joined my father, it, the business was starting out. My kids are coming into a mature pretty, business. Yeah. Well-established mature business with a lot of executives and, and I always tell my kids, I said, you want to come here and work and build yourself up? You're welcome, but you're not going to be the president of the company because there's somebody else that's been here 10, you know, 5, 10, 15 years has worked their butt off looking for that same position. Yeah. You're not going to, you know, you, you're, you know, eventually you're going to be an owner, of course, of when I pass or whatever, but everything has to be earned. I love it. It's not a gift. Love it. That's and that's the message. Let's end on that. Yeah, that's yes. great, man. Dude, Cyrus, thank hey, Cyrus, you so much. Dude, you. appreciate you trusting us with your story. It uh, was share interesting. this with your dad and please invite him on. Yeah, he's invited. Uh, yeah, if and we, his uh, partner. Because <laughs> we'd like to have him talk a bunch of and, shit on you. And and all Algerians. There you go. Yeah. Algerians are great people. They really are. Oh, I'm sure. They're just pitney bows is not the best. There you go. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Let's do that.